Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast for mystics and seekers. I'm your host, Erin. I'm a Philly-based healing artist, and this is a podcast to support your healing journey. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Living Open Podcast. Today's episode is on the lineages we carry in our bodies. So my love and I are moved into our new place. There are boxes everywhere still and cat introductions are happening and it's a time, but I'm so happy (laughs) to be in our new home and it's beautiful. I'm in my room right now and just looking out the windows. I have these huge windows in here and can see this beautiful yellow-orange tree um, that maybe like a quarter of the leaves have started to fall, but it's still really thick, so just centering you in my world to listen to this episode looking at this beautiful tree. Um, I have not unpacked my podcast mic yet, so hopefully this quality is not terrible. Today I'm reading you the October Joy Notes essay for paid subscribers as a little freebie, an invitation to join, called The Lineages We Carry in Our Bodies, Thousands of Ghosts, Emergent Ancestor Ritual, and Remembering Who We Are in Our Grief. If you haven't heard me talk about this yet, Joy Notes is my twice-monthly Substack publication featuring writings on being stretched wide by beauty and grief and the full spectrum of aliveness. I want to invite you to subscribe to Joy Notes for $5 a month. There is also a free tier, but paying helps support a working writer and helps make writing sustainable and it's fun, I think, to support indie artists. So the link is in the description to check that out and join. And okay, if you want to settle in and get ready to just listen and receive, I'm picturing you listening with like tea or on an autumnal walk or like laying down stretched over a yoga bolster or something with your eyes closed. I don't know. Listen however you like. But here is the essay. I am thinking about the lineages we carry in our bodies, mine and ours. I am thinking about the lineage of self, of the long chain of selves I have been that have built me and shaped me. I am thinking about the long threads of ancestors and all the selves they have been that connect me to everything I have been, we have been. The ancestors who fucked, who cried, roamed free. The ancestors who died for love, for pain, for war, for starvation, for exploitation. The queer ancestors who lived their queerness and those who couldn't. The witches, the seamstresses, the farmers, the herbalists, the coal miners. I come from lines of coal miners, paper millers, farmers, and women who sewed. I come from people who touched the earth and the earth touched them. I come from tomatoes and cabbage, from tiny hand stitches sewn under candlelight, from prayers shouted to the sky. I come from grief. I come from love. I carry this in my body. 
It is me and I am it and I am shaped. I carry it in these hands and offer it up under the moon. This is who we have been. This is who we are becoming. A thousand ghosts swim in the air around my body. A thousand ghosts are all whispering, remember us. Become what we couldn't. It is good to have a body. I wrote the piece that follows this in the throes of the absolute clusterfuck that was my coming out to my family last summer and the ensuing falling out. Over the past few months, things have blessedly started to shift, but this story remains true and I'm grateful for this ritual that emerged late summer last year with it being Samhain time. And now in the darker part of the year, it really feels like the right time to share it. How Ancestor Ritual helped me process my grief around coming out. Two months after coming out to my parents and experiencing their rejection, my partner and I go on a camping trip to one of the East Coast's only dark sky national parks. It's late August, but chilly at night, and we cuddle together with our awe in jackets and thick socks on a blanket in a big field watching the cosmos unfolding before us. We see the Milky Way, countless shooting stars, even a comet. Underneath the stars, I feel like everything is going to be okay, and I feel grateful to be alive. Stars and sunsets have always done this for me. In hard times, seeing the sunset every day has been something that has sustained me. It's given me a reason to live this beauty. I really believe that beauty is a reason to be alive, that life can be beautiful, that seeing sunsets and sunrises and stars, trees, flowers, my love's face are things that make life worth living, that beauty can be medicine, that beauty can be life-sustaining, something beyond superficial applications and something truly moving, something we exist for, something that anchors us into aliveness, something that reminds us who we are. Beauty, like pleasure, is something worthwhile in and of itself. Beauty is something worthy of being protected, of being prioritized, of being experienced. I stay alive for these moments. I breathe and soak in this awe-inspiring beauty, poetry made manifest in the night sky, in my person next to me, in our love. On this trip, I'm learning continuously how to hold beauty and joy and love even when things are not perfectly harmonious, how to be okay when things are not okay, how to access pockets of groundedness, aliveness, pleasure, even when I'm in conflict, when I'm scared, when I'm angry, when I'm grieving. And I am grieving. It's only been two months, but I feel untethered, flapping in the wind with this severed connection. I desperately want to root more deeply into my relationship with my partner as I swim in more and more uncertainty with my parents. The grief is a low hum in the background of everything now. It flips through picture book memories of times before I felt the conditionality of their love. Laughing at mini golf, my dad's hand ruffling my toddler curls, dancing to Whitney Houston cassettes with tiny arms and wobbly legs. It rewinds and cycles through my coming out again and again. 
the looks on their faces, the words they said and the ones they didn't, the ways they wouldn't look at me, the ways they did, the shaking in my body, then the relief, then the floor falling out beneath me. The snapshots carve a hole in my psyche and remind me what is missing, and sometimes the grief is in a low hum and it fills every crack and crevice in my body. I wail, I keen, I cry so hard into my partner's chest that I cough and choke and can't breathe. Nothing can truly prepare you for a breakup with your dad. No one tells you how it will make you feel unlovable, discarded. No one can prepare you for how it will feel to take him off the pedestal you had him on and see him as a nuanced, traumatized person more than capable of squeezing you and bringing you out dry. No one can prepare you for the heartbreak with one of the two people who are supposed to love you forever, unconditionally, regardless of anything. No one can really convey in words how it feels to have your whole chest cracked open in this way. It can only be felt, and I feel it in every part of me. I dream, and I dream of my dad's death. I dream of regretting not speaking to each other. I dream of panic as he passes. When I wake up, I remember there are at least two of us who will have to live with these consequences, but only one of us chose them. This weekend, camping under the stars and being held by the whole sky and forest around us, my partner and I talk about ancestors and lineage. We talk about connecting with ancestors. We talk about the grief of disconnection to lineages before colonization and Christendom. We talk about being untethered and being part of vast chains of love and hurt and traumatization and the inflicting of trauma and care and resilience and pain and power and abuse and joy. I've been doing ancestor work for a few years now from many perspectives, from wanting to confront legacies of racism and colonization in my family, from wanting to connect with ancestors who existed before and beyond Christianity took hold of my lineage. From wanting to be held and supported by family I have both known and never known energetically and spiritually beyond those who are on this physical earth plane. From wanting to help my ancestors heal some of their wounds through me, especially my queer ancestors who weren't able to embody their queerness in their lifetimes. I have the privilege of family who has done research on our ancestors, so I have a binder full of page after page of names and dates and locations dating back to the early 1700s on the people I come from on both my mother and father's sides. When I first started flipping through the pages, I was surprised to learn that many of my ancestors lived in Pennsylvania and even specifically Philadelphia where I've now put down roots after growing up in Maryland and Delaware. I came home without even knowing it. I returned to the soil that grew me generations ago. In the binder, I read about Catherine, an ancestor on my grandmother's side. When she died on February 14th, 1820, her family tried to make their way to the old white church cemetery near Ringtown, Pennsylvania to bury her. 
There was no bridge to cross the river now called Catawissa Creek, and when they made it there, they found it so, in quotes, swollen with water and floating ice, end quotes, that they couldn't cross. The funeral party turned around and buried Catherine in a temporary grave near their home, which later became a small family cemetery. On our road trip home, we decided to try to find Catawissa Creek. It's nearly on the way, and as we drive, we pass over it multiple times. When I feel a tug in my body to stop, we do. We pull over, park, sit on a fallen log at the riverbank together, sacred ground. We meditate, and I feel the presence of my ancestors. A funeral is a grieving ritual. What feels like one of the few modern cultural rituals we have. As I meditate, I tell my ancestors with my body about my grief, about what I'm holding. They weren't able to complete their grieving ritual then, and I realize I want to complete it for them. I want to cross the river they weren't able to cross, and I hope it will be a container for me to process some of my grief too. The river is deeper than I thought, creek in name only, <laughs> and I feel afraid but ready. My partner watches as I wade in and swim across, as I eventually make it to the other side, a big exhale. Surrounded by lush trees, flowing water, and the energies of those who came before me, I feel held. I feel my grief be witnessed, and my love be witnessed too. I want them to see it all, I want them to know my queerness and my pain. I want them to know my love, and I want them to see my hurt. In meditation, they tell me they're grateful that I want to cross the river for them, but that it's really for me, and they want that for me. I let them see me. I bear my heart. I breathe. Clothes dripping Katowice, and I feel my feet in the soft mud on the other side. There is a way through. There is a way to survive with this grief, even though it may never go away. I feel the cords that connect me with every ancestor I've ever had. The universality of grief and love and desire for ritual to honor what's important. We grieve and we create ritual around grief because what we lose is so alive and so deeply matters. We become more alive then in our grief. I feel all these truths in my body as I look over the river from the other side. 200 years later, their queer, many greats grandchild crosses the river they weren't able to cross as a prayer for them, as a spell for healing, as a spell for all of our aliveness and all of our pain, as a salve for some of this endless grief. I wonder if they're glad. I wonder if they're proud. I swim back across the river and back into my love's arms. We go home, changed. Thanks for listening, y'all. That was the lineages we carry in our bodies from Joy Notes at joynotes.substack.com. It is linked in the, so in the description. <laughs> Please do subscribe and join me there. You will get access to some other pieces in the archive, including Sensual Creative Aliveness with Mary Adele, Abandoning Myself and Calling It Surrender, instructions for being alive and letting ourselves change and transform and of course you'll get essays twice monthly going forward 
sending you all lots of love. I hope that you are taking sweet care during this season, during every season, and especially as um, we're experiencing more darkness in the day and less light. Lots of love. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I appreciate it so, so much. And it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show, with an indie podcast. You can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description, and I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and stay in touch on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore or Patreon until then.